This episode of OutlanderCast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. If you head on over to MinuteWithMary.com slash discount, you're going to get yourself the very best mascara to catch all of those itty bitty lashes and make them look nice and full and let them be seen. Even if you're wearing a mask, let your eyes shine, my friends. MinuteWithMary.com slash discount to get 15% off my favorite mascara. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I'm happy to tell all of you that you will never find me nude on a stage. Never, not once. <laughs> never, not once. Won't do it. Nope. I, I have I have a hot enough time uh, being nude at all. Never, never. <laughs> like I'm, I feel like I'm uh, I feel like I'm Tobias in uh, Arrested Development. I'm a never nude. <laughs> I forgot about that. I just, yeah, I know. He just he, he wears his uh, his yeah. little his little jean shorts underneath everything. Yep. <laughs> I'm a never nude. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into the rest of this show, in which you know they do talk a lot, a lot of nudity in this this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, Graham McTavish, <laughs> poor thing. What? Really wanted to get naked. Really wanted to get naked. I hope he gets naked on this show. I hope he gets naked in Men and Kills. <laughs> I, d- I doubt that he's getting naked well, on this well, show. Well, I hope so. I hope that they find a lock and he says, you know what? Screw it. Going it. in. We're going in. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to make sure that you uh, check us out. Make sure you like us and subscribe on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We do want to remind you that jointhenerdclan.com is your one-stop shop to support all things Mary and Blake if you enjoy this podcast if you're happy that we are covering clan lands and gearing up for men in kilts if you cannot wait for those weekly episodes not only of the show but of the podcast every Monday night guess what head on over to jointhenerdclan.com for as little as $2 a month you could show us your appreciation and keep these podcasts going all right now let's get into the show Like this chapter, it's titled one of my favorite songs. Oh yes, the Circle of Life, Chapter Eight. When was the last time you washed your face in the dew? When was the last time you had a skinny dip in a Highland burn? When was the last time you lay on a hillside and watched the stars revolving above? Take a moment to ask yourself the same questions. When was the last time you did any of those things, Mary? Um, I used, I've laid on a hillside and watched the stars. 
I don't think I could collect enough dew to wash my face Probably unless not. I like rubbed my face on grass. <laughs> like, how do you do that? I have no idea. Unless you're a fairy sized pixie from Fern Gully. I just don't expect <laughs> that I could find enough dew to do that. And last time you had a skinny dip in a Highland Burn, never been skinny dipping in a Highland Burn. Never on a Highland Burn. There you go. And I don't think I've ever, no, I've been skinny dipping, I think. I think. I don't like love it. Even though I'm a never nude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't love skinny dipping. I am very anxious uh, about the coming out of the water. Who's going to be there? It's, I think Mulan scarred me, you know? Yeah. I think the thing with me is someone's going to take my clothes. Someone's going to take my clothes. No one would take your clothes, Blake. They prob- no one wants to see me. <laughs> no, I'm near. just saying you don't have like exquisite... Clothing? No. No, I, I would agree. I would agree. You know, <laughs> one of the things that we had to watch out for when I was in college is... Clothes stealers? No, towel stealers. Who would come into your room? No, so what would happen is you'd go in like, you know, your freshman, sophomore year of college, you had to share, you had a shared yeah. bathroom, right? Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> my best friend, John, I know he's not listening right now, but my best friend, John, Listen, I joke about being a never nude. I'm not a never nude. But I, I joke about that. He is the opposite of a never nude. He was the kid that was just constantly naked all the time. And when I tell you he was six foot seven, all of 300 pounds, he was six foot seven, all of 300 pounds. And he'd just walk around the dorm, just freewheeling, man, just l- letting it loose. And what he would do is when you would go take a shower, you have to hang up your towel next to the shower stall. Oh, on the outside? On the outside. Okay, yeah. And then he'd come in and he'd sneak in or whatever. And if he didn't have a, a tub of like searing cold water or whatever or, or dropping beers on your head, he'd take your towel so that you'd have to walk naked, naked throughout the whole dorm <laughs> to get back to your room. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we, you'd always you'd always be feeling for your towel to make sure it wasn't taken, and I I've been caught many a time with with no towel. Poor thing. <laughs> Poor that. I don't even know how Poor I got thing. onto that story. How did I get onto that story? By going skinny dipping in a oh, island yeah, burn. Yeah. So I yeah I get worried. I get worried about people taking my clothes because or not even t- but just hiding them on you. You're just gonna have to get out of wherever you are and just be like okay, screw it. I'm I'm here. Let's go. <laughs> this is what, me. What am I gonna? Yeah, this is me. <laughs> what now, if, now you know. <laughs> uh, well, oh my goodness gracious, love you. Oh, well, our GBGs for this chapter, chapter eight, are good, our bads, and our great. My good, yay! I'm not bored. All right, I'm back at it, man. That was that was a tough one, the previous one for me, but this one I'm just back in it. I'm laughing. I am dream daydreaming even more so about when quarantine and pandemic is done. I can finally go to Scotland. Yeah, like what what it makes you not bored about this chapter? I just, I I guess you know because I listened to it. I think on the way to you know I know on the way to work and. I, I, I was just driving, and I think I was in that driving haze. You know what I mean? It was just very descriptive. Mm-hmm. You know, the last one was very historical, and then all about the Shakespeare stuff, and I don't know. This one, I just felt like I was there. I don't want to hear about Shakespeare. I want to be in Scotland. I yes. want to be, you know, with the stones, and I want to be hearing about how they pretend cycling, but, you know, I, this is why I'm here. I'm here for also their fun little stories, but I don't know. This one just did it, and this one had a lot of Scotland love. Sure, And Scotland lore. You know, we got 
let's, let's be real. Part of the thing that hooks you in Outlander is the magic, which isn't talked about frequently enough, which isn't necessarily a huge part of the ongoing show. I mean, it pops up from time to time. Yeah. But it's not the everyday kind of thing. And yet the whole reason Claire gets transported back in time is because of Standing Stones. So to be spending time with Standing Stones, to be spending time talking about the witches and the pagans and stuff, you know, it just... You, you just hear the, the druids, the dance of the druids yep. in your mind and you're picturing it and you're there with Claire picking up the flowers. Like just the Outlander magic was in this chapter. Yeah, that first so. season of Outlander had the real Outlander magic. I, I I don't know how else to describe it other than what you just said, Mary, just that the druids and the yeah. stones and, and that the, was this the, chapter blood on, for yeah, me. the blood on the door and yep. it's just Outlander magic. Yeah. And, and you notice too, in the chapters of this book, they reference Outlander and the... They know who their target market yeah. is. <laughs> every every chapter, there's an Outlander production reference in some, some sort of fashion. That's why I'm here, man. Okay, so my bad is that being that I live in the Ocean State, mm-hmm. Rhode Island, it's the smallest state in the United States, mm-hmm. the elevation is literally ocean level, okay? <laughs> the highest point in our state is actually our dump. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. Yep. Yep, the dump in Johnston is the highest elevation in our entire state. Wow. Like like piled up trash is higher than any <laughs> hill in our state. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Isn't that sad? We don't have any mountains. No we mountains. have hills, but none as big as our dump. So I feel very ill-equipped to be reading the like parts of this chapter where that guy's like, oh yeah. I climbed them all many, many times. Like, what are we doing here? I I went to Rocky Point National Park. Mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe when I walked upstairs. <laughs> the elevation is just crazy. So anyway, I just, me thinking about like, oh, I want to go to Scotland and then realizing like there's actual elevation that I'll have to trek. Makes me a little wary. Maybe I'll just stay to the low grounds. And then my great is the banter of these two friends. Mm-hmm. Back at it. Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Mary's back into this chapter. Blake, what's your GBG? You know, Mary, uh, you said it um, about um, you know the the elevation and everything, and I just I, I did I had no idea I had no idea that our highest elevation was the town dump. You're welcome. That is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, all right, for me, the good is uh, I uh, listen I. I, I freely admit I am Team Graham, and I like the I like being in a hotel, and I like doing all the things that having five stars and you know the, all of that stuff. But I will freely also admit. Oh, never mind. It's saying the highest natural point in the state oh. is eight hundred and twelve feet in a hill, and that the highest man-made plot of land is our dump at okay. over five hundred and fifty feet. Got it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, I have no idea when I washed my face with the summer dew or mm-hmm. took a skinny dip or watched the the stars above. I don't have any clue about when I've done that last. And I there's a romantic notion about those things, I think. And the book, you know, I think it kind of romanticizes this con- connection with nature and all that other stuff. And I'm you have all to do in. It. This tour is all in. Oh, I know you are. And when I heard Sam talking about how he was a Taurus in in this episode, I told you I'm much like he and Jamie in this sense. I know, and how the Graham's a Capricorn and the whole thing. Uh, Yeah, I. It's romanticized a little bit and finding the whole thing with nature. And I thought of you, Mary, being like, I could see you with all of this stuff. 
just all just of, huffing and puffing. You just let's go, let's go <laughs> find nature, man. Yes. Where are my healing crystals at? Like, let's do it. Um, I will admit that I I kind of got a, uh, an odd connection to this as well, where I was thinking. Man, if I go to Scotland, let's 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 go skinny dipping in one of the locks or whatever, you know. Like I think that'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then I started daydreaming about going to Scotland, and then I, I st- then I, I started know. saying like, okay, if I go to Scotland, what am I going to do? Because like in my mind, Scotland is Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to to feed a donkey. Yeah, I'm you're gonna, gonna have to. You know, I'm gonna have to know. go touch stones, and I'm gonna have yep. to like walk and you know get moldy these, bread. The, get moldy bread and get the <laughs> moors, and you know, and just like have sex everywhere. Have sex like on a like on this nice, beautiful vista, you know, overlooking just the rest watch of out Scotland. For those bison. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> I have to wear a kilt and get a sword, you know, and ride a horse. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, no, nah, man, you just go into the city, you get a car, and you just drive around and go to a shop and have some coffee like, like my my vision of scotland is is very much different than the reality of scotland <laughs> and i feel stupid saying that because i feel like i'm a normal human being like you would walk in and be like oh mary they have light switches right <laughs> oh my god they have the internet <laughs> you know i feel like that's me all right uh okay. the bad for me uh kind of along those lines graham saying that uh, phones are bad nope Nope, Graham, that's the first thing that you've done where I heartily disagree. Oh. Phones rule. Yeah. I love phones. I love phones. You could run an entire business from your phone. We basically do. Yeah. And you can earn a whole life from a phone. If you really think about it, you could do it. I will also agree that, yes, there is a certain isolation to phones. There is a certain thing. Like when I go out and I see people who, especially at dinner and families, if I see the mother and the father and like the daughter and the son all sitting at a table and they all have their heads hunched down and they're looking yes. at their phones, I kind of I kind of wince a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, don't do that. You know, or like a gaggle of girls sitting around a table who are like 15 trying to do TikToks and losing all of all reality with the world, just dancing in the middle of the street, causing accidents. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those things are phones are, are bad. <laughs> Blake is so funny. What is it you say about TikTok? TikTok has ruined America. TikTok has ruined America. <laughs> and I never realized it until Blake started to say this phrase a lot because Blake has an eagle eye for TikTokers. Like when you're just driving <laughs> and they're like waiting outside like a Verizon store yeah. and they've propped it up on a window and they're just like dancing by themselves. And he's like, see, TikTok ruins America yet again. And they're, they really are dancing everywhere it's the, in Target. It like, looks like they're having a stroke and they're not. They're dancing to yes, TikTok. Yes. And you see, you see people in target all of a sudden just randomly twitching their twitching bodies and moving and, yep. and like what are you doing yeah you're you're a target go get your go get your cocoa puffs and check <laughs> out go home and then do your tiktok what are you doing that in target for <laughs> they're inspired blake it's ruining america and you know see you're with graham <laughs> <laughs> but my great my great my great is once again graham graham saying sir ginger of the nuts <laughs> genuinely funny agreed genuinely funny about how sam is just constantly naked on the show (laughs) and he just rips into him calling him sir ginger of the nuts (laughs) oh blake whatever you do please 
next time you interview Sam Hewen on a red carpet, can you please say, excuse me, Sir Ginger of the Nuts? (laughs) (laughs) Remember me? I'm the guy that said I was Team Frank. (laughs) (laughs) I just totally rip into him. I wonder what he would do. I wonder what he would say. He'd be like, he'd be like, you read Clanlands. Yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. Get it out. Come on. No, he'd be proud of you for reading his book. And contributing to his 401k. I read that, man. I read that and I well, I, I listened to it and I, I had to like stop. I stopped the thing. I just laughed because I thought that was genuinely funny. Agreed. Good good stuff. Good Agreed. stuff. So you're giving me the book. Yeah. I want you to lead the charge in this one. We only have one physical book. <laughs> Blake and I have to hand it back and forth during these podcast episodes. We both listen to the audiobook re- version. I also read the written book but we get to hang on out and what i love i think my favorite thing right now about the book in anticipation of the television show men and kilts coming out this sunday um is like the bit where they're pretending to ride a bike oh yeah and they like videotape them they record them getting on the bike and doing a little bit and then they record them like just a little bit at the end they rode like 50 feet but it's gonna look like they rode the entire way on the bike in the show Mm-hmm. And I just love how they're just open about this. Like, yeah, when you watch the show, we actually don't do what we say we're going to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, uh, You know the whole thing with the cemeteries, here's a quick story oh, yes. from you. I love cemeteries. I think they're cool. Like, I... Because I, Sam uh, Graham is right. It's just this equalizer. Mm. Um, everybody that you know dies at some point. Yeah, one way or the other. So crazy. Yeah, like I there was, Don't talk about it with our kid though cuz she's going to freak. No. She is, she she's already talked about it with us. There, there was this one time. <laughs> she said, "Daddy, are you going to die?" And I was and I looked she's at her. She's 5. She's 5. And I said, "Yeah, honey, I'm, I'm going to die." Well, when? I said, "Oh, not for a long time, sweetheart. Not not for we're going to have a long time." And she said, "Is mama going to die?" <laughs> Yeah, she's going to die. She probably should not have had this conversation with you. And I, and I said, and she said, yeah, because I, I like to tell the truth to my kids, except for I Santa. I tell the truth, too. That was, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't say that on on, on the podcast for I. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I like to tell the truth to my kids for the most part, because I, I want them to, to understand that, yes, mom will die. Dad will die. And, you know, other things that they ask. So she asks me, will mom die? I said, yeah, but you know, and she says, when? I said, not for a while. You know, mom is not going to die. And then she had this, it was like this moment of, uh, it was, it was like the lightning struck her where she, her eyes opened, looked at me and said, am I going to die? <laughs> oh no. And I said, yes, honey, you're going to die one day. And she says, I don't want to die. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, I love I love cemeteries. I think they're cool. They're they're ways into history. Uh, how things were made, the stones, how things were dug, and names and dates, and how things were uh, propped up. And it's just a little this little periscope into history in ways. But I also am uncomfortable in cemeteries because when I was growing up, one of my good friends, his brother was murdered in a cemetery. Oh my gosh, Blake. It's true. And so I was thinking about that as they're walking through these cemeteries and everything. They're talking about it and they're talking about the cairns and all that stuff. I was thinking, oh man, I, I would not want to go into those things because no. like what if some dude is just 
just waiting behind a stone to stab me like my no. buddy's brother. Like, no way, no. man. All set. All set. No, thank you. Yeah, I know. Sorry. It's just the truth. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I like to, there's a couple of really pretty cemeteries. So, of course, living in New England, where Blake and I do, there's some really, really old yes. cemeteries in this area of the country. I love probably people in like Europe right now are laughing, like, oh, really? Yeah, old. they're really You're old. So sure, Mary. You're so cute. <laughs> new England. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. It's new in the word girlfriend. Get, get them the facts straight. Um, but yeah, just like you said, and, you know, for them to even be talking about how they were able to get these stones erect and how they were, how just thinking about the pyramids. I mean, still think about it. We can't figure these things out. Right. Right. Like the, the, the pyramids, the cairns, they don't know why these things are It's like Oak built. Island on just a different scale. Just a more massive public scale. Yeah. Um, the tourism in Scotland has gone up, as they say, for uh, Dune Castle 227% since Outlander was yeah. created. And like, again, th- and I joked about my idea of Scotland and what it is mm-hmm. in, my, my, in my brain as opposed to what it really is. And I, and I wonder, Mary, would you want to go s- see all of these things like Dune Castle and yeah. the house that, that Galus lived in yeah. and all that? Like, I kind of want to do that too. Yeah, I want to have... A bunch of experiences. I want to have like the Outlander experience and then the Scotland experience in general. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Sign uh, me up. And I just, I find it, it's so funny that as Sam says, Scotland has been slow to embrace the rise in tourism, mm-hmm. you know, but minus the pandemic probably, but yeah. they've been slow to embrace it, but they finally are starting to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, part of me would want to go see Cumbernauld Studios just to go and check it out. It's this warehouse. And of course, you're not going to get in. You're just going to get there and, and say, oh, okay, well, that's the studio. It's interesting. That's yeah. It. Okay. Time to, let's go grab a pint, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I would, I would kind of like to go and, and, and see that. I don't know. It just, that'd be fun. Um, but Sam asks, well, Sam talks about a great question in this chapter, which is, Mary, if, well, or anybody, if you had the chance to touch the stones and go back in history, where would you go? Where would you go? And keep in mind, you would go to this time, but you would still be nobody. You wouldn't like, it's not like, oh, I'd go back to the Revolutionary War so I could hang out with George Washington. No, you won't, because you're not going to go hang out with George Washington. You're just going to be walking around the streets doing nothing other than, hey, where am I? Um, so keep that in mind. I don't really know. I mean, I loved how Sam said he's got the best of both worlds being an actor yeah. and how he can like enjoy pretending to be in the future or in the past, but still have the luxuries of the here and now. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I'd be leaving like than anywhere before the 1900s. Yeah, I, I can't. I I'm kind of on board with you. Like I want a toilet. I want heat. I want AC. Well, then you're <laughs> definitely not even going far back. Yeah, I'll go back to last week. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 happy where I am. Right, I would go probably to like a year or two in the future when we don't have to deal with coronavirus. That's true. I'm so bitter. Can you, <laughs> can you go to the future in the stones like that? Claire went to. Oh the yeah, future. you're right. Okay, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Sorry, she did go. She did go. That's right. I, I forgot. I got you. Um. Oh, side note, guys. Blake, what? Hobbit, Ian, take a moment. We Ian. Oh yeah, we were watching the Hobbit last night. 
uh, the Battle of the Five Armies, which is the third of the Hobbit installation. Once again, yes. we're just we're just enjoying Graham's voice all day and night, whether it's audiobook or on the Hobbit. <laughs> um, so we noticed this in the last film, but we didn't talk about it. We Ian, your boy Ian is in The Hobbit. He plays one of Luke Evans's or Bard, Bard's sons. And I noticed, I said, holy smokes, it's we Ian. And there he is. Just But that means that he was in a scene with Graham McTavish. Yes. How cute. That is so cute. I love it. Um, they talk about Galus in, a lot in this chapter. Um, and the witches. And, and the witches and the whole thing. Um how do you feel they handled Galus in, in Outlander? Like in the show? Like what do you remember of, of her in the show and I think they did an excellent job. I think Lottie is was dynamite in that role and just really brought the creepiness level of Galus to life. Yes. I yeah. I think Galus is an extraordinary fun character. And how she comes back, it's just really great. I'm down with Galus. And I do, I I think it's interesting to know how much of Scotland has this supernatural, superstitious lore, and yet the amount of people that killed in these witch trials, no joke. (laughs) Lots of witches. Once again, we live, what, an hour from Salem? Salem, Massachusetts. So, you know, witch stuff, big deal here too. It's so sad to know what happened to these people. Uh, they say, let's see, Galus, along with Claire now, Fraser, having married Jamie as well, are accused of witchcraft. Scotland proved to be an especially enthusiastic prosecutor of witches. From 1563 to 1735, a little under 4,000 witches, in quotes, were brought to trial, of which it is estimated that around two-thirds were executed. This is four to five times more than in England. And in 1563, the first Witchcraft Act basically allowed the hunting, torturing, and execution of witches on a grand scale. Can you just imagine? Oh, wow. I don't like you. Bye. Yeah, no, no. For a state with a religious point to make, prosecuting witches was an excellent way to prove its godliness. Some interesting statistics emerge. Half the victims were under 40 years old. Most were middle class and only 4% practiced folk medicine, 15% of which were men. Wow, man. And then Janet Horn was the last person mm-hmm. and that to be that executed. Stone. And uh, her daughter was uh, had, deformities, had deformities. And she was going senile. And they were like, yeah, 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 sure. You know, you're... you're we're just going to burn you now. <laughs> and your kid, but then the kid escaped. Right, right. Good for her. That would be a story worth telling. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, Graham talks about The Wicker Man also. Uh, I never saw it. You never saw The Wicker Man? No. A genuinely good film. Genuinely good. Sounds like I wouldn't like it. Uh, you would not like it. Yeah. Um, so why are you surprised that I didn't watch it? Uh, well, because it's one of those things that I think like if, well, yeah, you have that... You weren't raised that same way. I was raised <laughs> with sisters that watched those kind of films. My parents made me watch PBS Kids after school <laughs> until I was 16. <laughs> so, you know, I was watching Hellraiser when I was eight years old, you know. No, and my not dad, allowed. my dad, again. I still the, never watched that. I don't watch any of those things. The famous story, the, the famous story. My dad took me to go see Goodfellas when I was seven <laughs> to the theater. Goodfellas, like... What? <laughs> You're bringing your seven-year-old to see Robert De Niro killing people. What are we talking about? So, yeah, that that's a true story. But, um, 
Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, that's all I got. Anything Fun. else you want to talk about no, for I'm just, this? I'm just really loving. I'm loving my time with these guys. Oh, I did love when. <laughs> Graham says, I was naked on stage in 1999 performing The School of Night at the Chichester Festival Theater directed by the actor Jack Shepard. Cut to my parents coming to see the show. I brief them on the nudity, but apparently nothing can fully prepare a Glaswegian father seeing his own grown-up son starkers in front of 500 strangers. After the show, I met them at the bar. You were wonderful, Graham, gushed my staunchly supportive mother. My father looked at me and merely said, there's no need for that, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh man, so good. that's good stuff. That is good stuff. I will. So, I will. So I appreciate good. that. So <laughs> yeah, the, the the history though the the uh, why the Cairns were built and the mystery of it all that is fascinating mm. uh, and how <clears throat> it was used for astrology and it was placed to a certain specific point and turn to so that the moonlight would come in and shine up the whole thing at one particular day Imagine like having to document that and figure it out because you only get it one day right so they had to like go out and mark it and then double check it next year yeah (laughs) and then tweak it yeah and then be like okay next year we'll be back and we'll know for sure yeah that this works right so it took at least a process of like five years Imagine just doing that in your backyard and then like for fun and then you build it and then you're like okay did we get it right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You gotta like double check it before you announce but, it and but, show it but, off to your friends. But Jimmy missed it by two inches. You're like, Jimmy, dude, what are we doing? This is a whole year's worth of he work. S- he sneezed when he like yeah. threw the line. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, I I love the whole idea of Cairns and why they're there and how Me they're too. built and everything. That was really cool. All right, anything else you want to say about this chapter, Marvin? No, I enjoyed it. Let's keep on going. You ready to close it out? Sure am. Let's close it out. I got something special for Ooh. you. Here we go. You ready for this sure one? Sure am. Let's do it. One of the coolest stage production shows. Another thing I miss. What did you say? I said one of the coolest stage production shows. Yeah, that was fun, yeah. Just really cool and different. Yep. You know that Christopher Jackson, the guy who plays George Washington in Hamilton, was in The Lion King? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, well, it's not like you're a big theater goer. Well, I'm not like a, a theater nerd. I, I enjoy the theater, but like I'm not like... You're not me. I'm, you know, I'm not into the theater. I'm like, again, I'm not going to go see Graham naked with his nuts hanging out. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We're going to keep on uh, pulling away at Clanlands. We are going to be honest with you because of everything that happened last week. Um, you know, with my miscarriage, we've been pretty open about it on social media. But because of the loss of the pregnancy, things just got pushed back a bit. And we are trying our darndest, my friends, to crank out this book in time for Men and Kilts. But I'm just warning you, we may not have it done perfectly in time by the time the show comes. But we promise we are finishing this book and tackling it as quickly as we possibly can. You know, um, we're listening to this. It's on YouTube, this song. And there are 791,000 likes on this song. There's also 96,000 dislikes on this song. Why would you listen to it enough to vote down if you don't like the circle I don't of know. life? Hold on. Sorry. Like, what? Why are you going to this page and hitting dislike on the song? Who? 
How are there 96,000 people that are out there being Maybe like, yeah, the dude, this song fans. sucks. Because you know that they, they had yeah, they, Lion King and Pocahontas at the same time. They thought Pocahontas was going to be the big hit. Right. And this would just be like the whatever. You know, like, I oh, will throw that in too. Like, Pocahontas was the deal. This was going to be like the onward. You know, yes. for Pixar, like it's good, but yeah, like we'll yeah, throw it in there. It's yeah. like a family thing. Yeah, that's onward is one of those movies that I feel like didn't get any love. It what came out right when the pandemic hit. That's true. That's a good point. No fault of its own because it's a great movie. Uh, but I mean, I like I like the movie. It's not. It's no up. It's no Wally. You know what? It's no Clanlands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads and lasses. My name's Mary. My name's Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast and the Circle of Life chapter. What? It's part of the song. I don't know. <laughs> Licking sounds and stuff. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh, you're crazy.